This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Oh man, just uh, exhausted, covered in uh, vomit, and uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> staying yep. up all night. Yeah, it's just uh, you know another uh, another week at the coal house, man. But um, yeah, I've been been nursing some pipes, and that's been uh, been good for my spirit. And uh, yeah, just trucking along. We're making it okay. <laughs> listen, man, it gets better. It gets better. You know, does it? Uh, does it really? Because I really, can't. I just, listen, I, I listen. just really can't. Uh, like that, that. The only thing that's encouraging to me right now is being able to look at my. Um, you know, look at my 18 month old daughter and how cute she is and precious and sweet <laughs> and tender and all those things. And like, and just know that eventually it, it might get to be like that. <laughs> all right. Look, here's the, here's the deal. We, we, uh, this past weekend we went to, um, you know, we're, we're here in Houston. We're very close to the coast yeah. and, uh, and it's like maybe about a 40, 45 minute drive down to, uh, uh, at least from our church anyway, down to the beach. And so we thought, you know what, let's, let's after church today, let's, let's take the girls. We'll have everything all packed up. We'll go down to the beach and we'll, we'll kind of have an afternoon there. And we were sitting out there, we got out, it was really nice. And you know, the kids, they, they got some boogie boards and they were out there riding the waves and I'm sitting there looking at these little people. And I'm like, man, I remember the first time we took these kids to the beach, we couldn't even enjoy ourselves because we're just <laughs> panicking about like, oh, they're going to waddle off into the, into the ocean. I or know, man. This, that, I or know. the other. But you know, just a few short years, man, they're, they're basically people. They're telling you what you think and everything else. Now we're not quite back. <laughs> basically to people. I mean, like almost, you know, it's still, you know, there's that, there's that pet to people ratio that happens hey. in, that, in, the, in the maturation. <laughs> oh, phase. they're almost like little people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it, there is something that, um, you know, it is interesting that they, just as um, you know, your daughter or your daughter's children become more aware, you start you know realizing that they're um, you know developing these little personalities and you know developing opinions and looking to you for every little you know cue and everything. And so uh, it, it's interesting, you know, just as Charlotte, our our daughter, will watch me puff my pipe. She makes her little noise with her mouth. Yeah, it's it's just funny, man. Even you know, I'm eating cereal in the morning, and I have a way I kind of kind of stab at my, you know, cornflakes to make sure all the milk is covering it. And I'm noticing that now she's doing the same thing, even though she doesn't know why, and it doesn't make any sense to her, but like, (laughs) it's just, it's so funny, man. So we're, uh, yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Like I said uh, before, uh, at least to someone, um, man, just just running on uh, caffeine and nicotine, baby. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's amazing because uh, you know, obviously, our 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 children, kind of the generation that's kind of coming up, looks to us for guidance and respect. Yeah, and we like kind of look to them, and, and we see that respect. There's a mutual. There's this relationship that exists between these kind of two generational. Um, uh, roles, right? The, yeah. the, the elder statesman out here trying to, to make a, a good legacy for himself and kind of the, the younger kind of up and coming looking to that elder statesman and for guidance. It, it ties directly into what this episode's going to be about. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad I was able that's to make actually that actually pretty good. Yeah. Isn't that's that right? Good. That's good. Listen, I like that. Yeah. We got a great, we got a great one. We're about to dive into, we got a special guest as well, but first we want to give a shout out to our brand new club member, man, joining the country squire radio international pipe club, the Spurgeon Piper. 
Oh, that's great. The Spurgeon Piper, man. Awesome. We, uh, of course, uh, man, uh, one of the uh, featured winners uh, for um, uh, last year's best of 2020. That's so, right. Uh, man, that's fantastic. Welcome Spurgeon Piper. We appreciate you uh, supporting Country Squire Radio and uh, joining at the Squire level. That's right, man. Of course, patreon.com slash country squire radio is the place to go to uh, help support the show. Uh, now, the Spurgeon Piper is not the actual like like ghost. That's not his that that's not his birth certificate name. No, I don't think so. I, I maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'd have to, we'd have to see. Uh, but man, like I said, we've got a great show planned for today. Uh, I say a great show. We we've got a show planned for today. It's and something tells me it's gonna be It'll a show. Be great. It's, it's gonna be great. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Not nervous at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a show that, to be honest, um, there's a topic that I have wanted to talk about for quite some time. I think it's safe to say we both have, but I specifically yeah, have very much desired to dive into this uh, mildly, if not more so, controversial topic. And uh, and you know we we kind of put it off because we wanted to make sure that we did it the right way. Well. And, and also we wanted to do so with a certain sense of uh, gravity and a certain sense of levity and a yeah. certain sense of, you know, um, diplomatic as possible approach. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, the, you know, of course, again, we, you know, talking about our, our different, you know, styles and methods and all that kind of stuff, uh, a, a sense of uh, reverence, but uh, also a sense of, uh, you know, directness and maybe uh, regret and, and all these emotions kind of mixed in to uh, make sure we're communicating things. And, and it's, and that's, you know, three years after the, the dust kind of, kind of settled around this. And that's so, right. That's right. Um, and, you know, you and I have a really good dynamic, right? You still like, haven't mentioned yet what, what no, I know about, I am building to it. I'm about to introduce our guest as well. But the thing is, man, yeah. you and me, we have a really good dynamic. Like, you know, throughout, throughout our history together, like, like you, you, um, I, I, I push you out of, you know, a, like the space to get onto comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Push, push you out of the comfort zone and yeah. you pull me in from falling off the ledge. You know what I mean? Like from we, the- <laughs> like, like we, we, we don't go into the abyss because of you, but we actually go somewhere because of me, you know, it's, it's, I, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually a great way to put it. Bo, the adventurer, he's one of the, what do I call you? The point shoot and then aim yeah, person, yeah, you know, point, and, ready, aim, and, fire. and, 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 and I'm the, it, I'm the inertia guy, you know, that's sitting over in the corner that, uh, you know, is just comfortable in my cozy little sweater. And, you know, it just, oh, the world's, world's perfect how it is. Let's don't screw with anything. And, you know, and, uh, and, and so, um, man, we just, we make a good team. We yeah. really do. We really do. But man, I am so excited because we got somebody we're adding to the team today for this topic. And uh, of course, uh, listeners recently will uh, be uh, not surprised to hear his voice as he is been so kind to step up for you uh, yeah. while you were taking some time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, joining the show once again, Mr. Russ Hicks. Hey, gentlemen. How are you this afternoon? Man, we're doing very, very well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Real quick, Bo, I want to just tell Russ publicly, thank you so much for uh, hopping on board, um, you know, for me while I was gone doing, uh, you know, daddy duty and helping out the mom and all that stuff. So it was uh, just really, really helpful, man. Thanks for Thanks for pitching in. Thanks for supporting Country Squire Radio and and Bo and myself for so many years now. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. It's the least uh, least I could do. So, Russ, man, uh, you know, listeners know, of course, you are uh, somebody who, and again, I still haven't mentioned what the topic <laughs> is, but you're you're somebody who uh, is obviously well known as a uh, an amazing uh, member of the pipe community. You have such knowledge. Uh, you have uh, quite a palate yourself. You've got a desire not just to learn the product, but the industry. And and honestly, 
Uh, I think that you're going to make an amazing addition to this discussion today for a number of reasons. Now, all that being said, today, as the listener already knows, because they saw the title of this episode, we're talking <laughs> about McClelland. Get down, everybody, get down. Okay, all right, all right, sorry. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I thought I thought I heard shots fired. Uh, we're talking about we're talking about McClelland, and we're 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 gonna do um, we're gonna do a bit of a moratorium, but we're gonna approach this from a couple of different ways. For one thing, you've got three voices on this podcast that represent three different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, way to put it. Yeah, John David, of course, you are an industry at this point. You're kind of a, a, a I would argue a pillar of the industry. You you are a <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is a as a tobacconist, as a you know that owner. discolored like crumbling pillar over there in the corner that like doesn't you know isn't really necessary, but people leave up because it looks interesting. Yeah, that one's me. No, if you go to the Acropolis, you can see where they've kind of like wedged in a pillar to hold up the other pillars. That's you, oh, man. That's that you. one's me. Okay, yeah. I got it. All right, I Absolutely. feel better now. <laughs> but no, you. So you are in the industry. You are you are deep into it. Uh, and then, of course, Russ, man, is a, is a consumer, somebody who has a lot of passion, um, yeah. has a seller filled with McClellan products uh, that is, you know, he has yet to tell us exactly how much uh, McClellan. Hopefully that'll come out during this episode and, and the location of the seller and the keys and the, and the access code. <laughs> Password. Uh, <yeah>. and <laughs> so a, a consumer from that standpoint. And I find myself in a very unique place here. Because I am very much on the fringe. Yes, I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm passionate about pipes. And I'm very passionate about kind of the art yeah. form and that sort of thing. And I'm kind of industry adjacent. Because obviously, this podcast has kind of become a component of the industry on the yeah. fringes of the industry. <laughs> and that's kind of where I find myself. And that gives me a unique vantage point. Because I have two ears, one pointed in one direction, one pointed in the other. And I hear things that some people might not want me to hear. <laughs> and, and it makes it makes me want to talk about them because that's what I do for a living. And so <laughs> Russ, with his uh, knowledge of McClelland and um, I, with my passion for this topic, attempted to go into this episode while you were out. And I realized after the fact, you know what? This is far too much of a landmine. We need John David. I personally need John David here to hold me back. <laughs> so that we uh, we go into this conversation the right way. So. Rain it in. I caught me a marlin. Yeah, no, that's it's good. I'm glad we're all here, and I'm glad we could talk about, um, you know, obviously such a, uh, you know, venerated company and and you know their history and also yes. the also the impact, uh, you know, that they uh, had and and you know the how kind of their um, you know it it ended and uh, you know our hope for the future and all that kind of stuff. So they, these are good things to talk about. It really is kind of a postmortem on McClelland. And yeah. you know, three years later, it's um it's time. You know, we've kind of folks have grieved and uh, folks have uh, had a chance to you know go through the whole uh, you know spending one hundred and fifty dollars on a can of uh, Christmas cheer on eBay and all that kind of stuff. And we've made our <laughs> we've made our silly mistakes on buying uh, you know way overpriced tins of tobacco maybe uh, before the bubble popped and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But, right. um, but, but, you know, it, it, it's, so we've, so we've let the dust settle, you know, and it's kind of, uh, we're not in the middle of the highly charged emotional, uh, end of McClelland and, uh, certainly the, uh, the best, you know, American tobacco blender, uh, probably in history. And, um, you know, so we, um, so, so we're removed a little bit and I think we can talk about it well. And, uh, you know, we've got the right ingredients here. We've got the right people, hopefully to, to have a nice discussion. That's right. All right. So just to muddy the water even further, I decided that uh, the best way to talk about McClelland is to kind of take what I'm calling the Bourne approach. For any of our listeners that followed like the Bourne franchise with Matt Damon, 
we're, we're going to do instead of the born identity, we're going to do such the, a nerd. I am such a nerd. I have no problem with this. We're going to do the McClelland identity, the McClelland legacy, and the McClelland ultimatum. That is the way that we're structuring this episode. And starting off with the McClelland identity, Russ, there is probably nobody better on the planet, uh, from a especially from a consumer standpoint, who can kind of give us a bit of a history. What is the McClelland identity? How did the company come to be? And what did it come to be known as in its heyday uh, with pipe smokers and, and kind of the community at large? Yeah, right. So... Um... Man, I think you got to go back to all the way to say 1977. I think that's when the company started. And um, have, have you all ever heard of? Uh, is it his name, Carl Ewa? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I really think it was uh, he and Mary. It was their idea originally, and they wrote a great book back in the seven, like 1974, when the book came out. They wrote a book about pipes and tobacco, and I think he worked it. Deebles? It was Deebles. Yeah. Kansas City, right? Kansas Mm -hmm. City. That's right. And I've never been, I I never went there, but he was, he was there and and he'd worked there for several years and then decided to branch off and do his own thing. He was blending some uh, blends for them and wanted to uh, do his own stuff. So I think they, they parted and started McClellan, which I believe is his grandfather's name. And, um, so anyway, yeah. that was 77. And I, I believe in 77, they came out with five English blends or, or Oriental blends and five Virginia blends. And that's the way it started. And then by 78, they were producing bulk tobaccos. And I want to say in 1980, that's when Mike McNeil joined. And uh, of course, right around that time, they, they were getting into aromatics, how they figured out how to do uh, aromatics. I think it's a neat story where Mary goes to the uh, to a science library. It's the Linda Linda Hall <laughs> Science Library, and figures out you know what she needs, what they need to add, and their aromatics come alive. And right around that time, I think they had a tragedy where Carl um, he, he was uh, lifting weights and had an aneurysm. Yeah. It's a real sad story, and she details that quite well in some of the uh, podcasts that uh, Pipes Magazine does, and. Uh, so and people should go and listen to that. It's a mm-hmm. it's a touching story, but um, I think she she essentially said he was never quite the same after that. And mm-hmm. um, so you know, moving on to eighty three, that's when fifty one hundred comes out, which we all know and love, and it became the world such, changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, and this is well before I even started smoking a pipe. You know, I, I wasn't smoking a pipe until eighty seven. So they were 10 years ahead of me and I didn't, um, I didn't really know much, much about it um, until the mid nineties, but I want to say in the late eighties, they, they started having some trouble acquiring leaf and the big tobacco, big cigarette guys basically saved them. I think Mike McNeil says the, they saved them from the street. Yeah. I, I, I've heard Mike mention that before, you know, that uh, they were having some, some real difficulty there and, um, kind of had some of the, you know, big, big T guys take them under their wing and, um, and, and really keep them afloat, you know? And so, um, in some sense, this boutique small company that was literally working out of grandpa's basement, you know, <laughs> they right. eventually moved out and got their own space, but this was, a uh, this is, was, and, and was until it, until it ended, it was it, for its entire history, a small, uh, very boutique, um, uh, you know, family operation. And, um, 
and and needed some help along the way as uh, as gosh my family business knows very well <laughs> so um yeah it's exactly right well it, it was clear they they dodged a lot of bullets and uh and they they had some friends in high places and i think i think they're you know they talk about the quality of leaf that they were able to obtain because of these you know big tobacco buyers i, I think that that made a big difference and and then you know in the early 90s, say 92, you see Christmas cheer come out. And uh, I want to say in the early 90s, they they had a personal reserve mm-hmm. tobacco and they had teamed up with, uh, uh, I want to say, Levin Pipes International. So that's Barry Levin. And he was in Craftsbury, uh, Vermont. And so I think that's where the Craftsbury series starts to come from. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where, that's where I think I originally discovered them. Um, I got a 10 of Levens International Virginia Woods in 1993. Mm, yeah. So it was a hundred gram tin in this black. Uh oh, it's just wonderful. And and I remember getting it and opening it up and saying, hmm, oh, this isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, surprisingly, right. I, I just wasn't ready for it because I was smoking aromatics mainly all through the the late 80s. And um and it, but it was one of the first things that I'd gotten. And then the next year, Frog Morton comes out, which was, uh, I, I want to say, completely Mary's concoction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so when it hit, um, I, I remember this was a year before I got married and I was down on the coast in Mississippi at the Epitome and I picked up a tin of that. And I said, you know, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> and I, uh, I was stuck on Latakia for a decade because of Frog Morton. It's so, so funny too, just knowing you, Russ, and knowing your, um, you know, flavor sensibilities and all that kind of stuff. Just hearing you say, "Oh yeah, I was a Latakia smoker for a decade." Like that, just kind of number one that blows my mind. But number two, you know, we, as we've talked and discussed all this stuff, you said you became a pipe smoker in 1987 or something like that. J- just so everyone's clear, Bo and I were born in 1984. <laughs> so <laughs> it just just to date us a little bit, yeah, and put everything in perspective here. But um, yeah, well, that's, I feel younger that's being around you guys. So <laughs> and, glad uh, someone does. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 um, yeah, I, I guess what's really interesting is, is at the tinderbox at the Metro center mall in Jackson was where I got introduced to Latakia. Yeah. Uh, the, the proprietor there, I don't remember his name. I'm sure you do, but he, um, I would go in there and I would buy my, you know, two ounces of Wilshire, which is rebranded one Q. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd come in there, you know, at least a couple of times a month and pick it up. And one day he just, he didn't, he was, he was not mean to me, but he said, you know, you kids, all you do is smoke candy. He said, you need to try something else. So he, he pointed me to some Latakia and I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember nobody liked it when I smoked it. And I remembered that it didn't burn my tongue as bad and it it didn't taste like it smelled. So I was already kind of primed, but I, it didn't have the aromatic sense that Frog Morton did. I feel like Frog Morton is not is nearly a crossover, and uh, between aromatic and Latakia because it, it, it's just a little bit sweeter. It's it's not a yeah. like a you know a, a plum pudding crossover. You know right. some, some of those others, but it's uh it's borderline, and I really liked it, and uh, for for a long time. So I mean that takes you to about ninety four, and then I think Christmas cheer. I think I want to. My first 10 of Christmas cheer, I think, was 95. 
And I didn't get one in 96 when he stoved it and everybody hated it. But yeah, I, that I don't, was the real controversial year where, you know, folks were writing him hate mail and <laughs> right. threatening to steal his water heater and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he uh, it's funny to listen to him talk about that. And yeah. so around 96 was when Pipes and Tobacco's magazine came out and I started subscribing to that. And then it made sense to me. It's like, oh, well, this is this is this company, McClellan. I had no idea really who they were or what they were, but I knew I was buying their stuff, you know, consistently. So, um, you know, that, that kind of takes you through the, the history there. I, the modern history is interesting when you, when you look around October of 2012, Mary McNeil got on pipes magazine radio show on episode three. And that's when I kind of started to put a name and a sound to a company because I, I just mm. thought of them as this company that I really enjoy. I didn't know it was a small company. It could have been a giant company. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, this is a this is different. And I, I had started to read in Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Every once in a while, I read about them. And then they had the uh, the nine, uh, was it, uh, wherever they did Balkan Sobrani, where they had the competition between uh, between everybody trying to recreate mm. um and, and then I, I really started to get into that. And uh, so I want to say, uh, what was it, around 2016, Mike McNeil, the first time I'd ever heard him, came on Pipes Magazine, uh, episode 200 and 202. <laughs> so taken aback at just the candor. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it was just, it, it was full, full force. And he was pulling no punches in the things that he said. And I was, uh, I was really intrigued by just his, demeanor and everything about him. I was like, yeah, I like this guy, even though it's kind of, it's kind of raw, what, what, it, the way he's, he's saying things. You say things it also there. diplomatically. Like what we, we all love Mike. He's one of the best blenders in American history and he's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, Mary was able to keep him kind of, uh, you know, uh, at behind or at bay a little bit for, you know, the majority of their company's history. And it was, you know, so uh, it was, it was neat, but there towards the end, he, he started to kind of come out a little bit, didn't he? And he started yeah. to, uh, make these, um, you know, stick his toe in the water of, of, uh, public celebrity and all this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really enlightening, I think for a lot of people to see that. And so, um, yeah, Mike is, you know, like I said, he's just one of those people that is incredibly gifted. Um, and, and we are blessed and, uh, sometimes put off by his, uh, straightforwardness. And I, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, all those things are true and they, they make kind of the perfect, they're the perfect yin and yang, right? Oh, I mean, they, they are, are polar opposites. always have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, so, you know, and I, I did get to, um, I did get to spend some time with them, uh, at Disney world. One time I got to spend quite a, quite a bit of time talking to Mike that I, I was pretty sure that I would never get that opportunity. Yeah. I got this, to ask this, him all. You've told me this story before. This was like the first time you met Mike. Is that right? Yep. In, at Disney world. Yeah. Yep. So, um, that's exactly. And, um, uh, Brian Levine and his wife, Dale had, uh, gone to Disney and we were, we, we went down there and, uh, met them. He's like, Hey, I got somebody I want you to meet. He's like, you know, yeah, here's Mike and Mary McNeil. I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> so it was, uh, it, and Mike and I got to talk pipe tobacco and, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like we talked for days about it because they were, they were, they were on vacation and trying to get away from it. But man, he was, uh, 
a wealth of knowledge. And uh, so, so that was, that was really, really interesting. But I do remember when he gave that interview in 2016, he said Mm -hmm. something very interesting to me. He said, you know, I'm going to come out and I'm going to do 2016 and 2017 Christmas cheer at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, that's unnerving, right? That's curious. Because, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this could wonder if this is the beginning of the end because, you know, they, they were getting up in age, all the FDA stuff was going on. There's all yeah. these reasons. And uh, so I, I started to take notice of it. And then, then the, you know, a couple of years later, I want to say it was early January. And I had, <laughs> I had just called you because I was on the way back to Georgia and I visited the squire. <laughs> you were barking got, up the tree for some 5,100, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was. And that was like a day before, you know. Did your boy the, hook you up? Did, did your boy hook you up? Yes, he did. And with two, <laughs> two pounds of it. And I know that you knew that the end was near. Well, I, I didn't really know. And, and that, and that's actually that, that we we can we'll we'll discuss that momentarily. But that, I I think that's actually not not true at the time. Hey, everybody. going to pause real quick to talk about our good friends at Misery Meerschaum. That's right. They've been at it for over 150 years. And guys, they have got the best quality corncob pipes on the planet. Of course, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of the Country Gentleman pipe. It is by far one of my favorites. Uh, I am finally looking forward to going back out into the world, traveling a bit. And that means doing a good amount of fishing. And I cannot go fishing without my Country Gentleman. It is a great bowl. It, you get a good amount of pipe tobacco in there. And for me, Man, the, the the salmon slayer, as I have nicknamed it, has come with me on many a trip. While there have not been many salmon slayed, there has always been a good bowl of tobacco enjoyed through it. So be sure to uh, to check out Missouri Meerschaum. And by the way, they've got apparel as well. Hats, shirts, even face masks. If you go to corncobpipe.com, you can find all of their amazing products, including their apparel. And if you happen to be rocking one of their hats or shirts or even the face mask, be sure to snap a selfie, uh, post it out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And with two, two pounds of it. And I know that you knew that the end was near. Well, I, I didn't really know. And, and, that, and that's actually that, that we, we can we'll, we'll discuss that momentarily. But that, I, I think that's actually not not true at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, that that I, I you know wasn't sure that that was the case. But, you know, I, I think you nailed kind of the the story of mcclelland and they're um you know again we're talking about this this storied and and legendary uh american tobacco company that came out with all these hits that got people just really uh into uh into the pipe smoking uh you know the the nuances of pipe tobacco and the uh you know the the delicateness of the leaf and uh you know it, it would take a your your most avid cigar smoker and they would they would you know try a tobacco made by mcclelland and and be stunned that could, tobacco could be that complex and interesting mm. you know and and i think that's where mcclelland's you know, we talk about their identity and Bo's kind of arc in the, the conversation. I, I think that's where they, 
I think that's where they live. You know, McClellan, what, what, you know, um, Carl Ewa and Mary, and then, and then, you know, after, after Carl passed and Mike came on board and eventually Mike and Mary got married, which is uh, its own neat story and the romance they're involved. And, uh, you know, it, it all centered around tobacco, which is just really interesting to me and working in grandpa's basement and, you know, getting bailed out by big tobacco. It's just so fascinating, the whole thing. But, you know, overall, they, they didn't compromise for decades on quality and they, they were, you know, very intent on pushing the envelope um, in very, very specific ways. And all their blends, if you go back and think about uh, the tobaccos, they were nuanced and, and interesting. They uh, had character and, uh, you know, weren't particularly blunt force trauma in one, <laughs> one particular, uh, you know, flavor profile or anything like that. Um, and, and I think that's where they, where they lived, you yeah. know, and of course they were known for their, uh, their, you know, the, 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 major powerhouse tobaccos they made uh, in, in Virginia's and um, and Oriental tobaccos. I mean, they just really, that was their identity. You know, they made a little bit of everything. The only thing they didn't do, and I talked to Mary about this one time, but they just weren't really fans of Dark Fire Kentucky. That was a, a tobacco that they just didn't really get into that much. They didn't really have an affinity for that. Didn't uh, think it was, you know, particularly, uh, you know, a part of their, uh, kind of a part of their, uh, I don't know, bag of tricks or whatever. And so, um, but, but everything else, you know, they were just so, um, so good at, but particularly those Virginias and and those Oriental blends that they came out with really, um, really amazing. It, it's funny kind of, you know, knowing we were going to talk about McClellan today and thinking about McClelland and my memories of them and my, you know, exist, my collection of them and how, how big it was and how much it's dwindled. I was <laughs> actually, I popped a tin of Aurora, uh, McClellan's Aurora today, uh, which uh, was gifted to me several years ago by a friend. And um, it's funny, I, I had, um, you know, wasn't particularly a fan of Aurora, uh, wasn't, you know, didn't think of it as it, it was never really one of their, um, you know, hot sellers or anything like that. It wasn't one that people fought over. Uh, you know, it was, you know, typically at the, at the Squire anyway, one of the ones that would kind of wind up at the back of the shelf that, um, you know, didn't, uh, you know, would get looked over by the Frog Mortons and the Dark Stars and, uh, you know, the Club Blends and the Orientals and all these. And, and so, um, anyway, I just was like, well, let me, let me smoke Aurora again. Gosh, it's been years. And so, Someone gave me this tin and we're going to, I'm going to get on mic with a couple of good friends today and talk about McClelland. And, and, you know, I was sitting there in my office at, at the, at the pipe shop earlier today, smoking Aurora. And it just made me angry <laughs> because mm. uh, for, for a couple of reasons, it, it made me angry. Number one, you know, it, it was like, it was like, why can I not make something that doggone good? Cause it, cause it is, it is, Fantastic. you know, th again, this is one of their, you know, blends that is not, you know, the blue ribbon marquee blend. And yet it's so good. I mean, Mike was just so good at what he did. You know, yeah. it was, he was so, uh, so authoritative, but, um, I mean, th this is a, you know, a, a blend that, you know, of course it's had several years on it and it's, uh, um, you know, just in its prime smoking uh, condition, but man, everything he touched was just so tasty. And I, I, I've said he a couple times, this was her deal too. She was, right. you know, he was quick yeah. always to give her the uh, kind of the, um, you know, the credit for developing some of their biggest uh, blends and uh, Mary being more humble would, you know, kind of reluctantly, uh, you know, take that. But 
Um, so anyway, it made me angry. I was like, it, it, it's so good. It made you angry. It's like, <laughs> why can't I do that? You know, right, hey, right. it. this is, this I've, is not even one of his celebrated blends and I can't even come close to this. You I've know? committed my um, entire life to this craft and he figured it out in one day. I mean, not I know. <laughs> <laughs> as a kind of a segue, you know, it, you know, part of the, the sorrow in it for me is that, okay, this is, you know, one of their blends that is not, uh, you know, remembered constantly in some of the forums and everything. And yet this blend will never be, um, never be consumed or, uh, you know, sought after, or it'll never be, be purchased again uh, by the, uh, by the retail consumer. And it was just sad because it's so good. (laughs) It's like, man, it's just a, it's just a tragedy. It just really is. So that's the thing, right? Yeah. The the products were incredible. And I would say there was something about the way in which they handled their branding that also brought in a lot of new pipe smokers as well. Yeah, so really, Bo, like, you and I talked about that so much, man. I you, you nailed that. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, you you were always whenever we kind of would cover their, especially if you go back to the early days of Country Squire Radio, we like the McClellan was heavily featured in, in a lot of those early tobacco talks. And, yeah. you know, one of the things we, you know, we would constantly go to is the branding, but you know, it's interesting because I notice there is somewhat of a correlation that exists. You mentioned um, that, uh, you know, there, there, when you kind of step into that role of kind of celebrity in this space. Uh, and one of the things I have noticed as I have met people in the industry, it is filled with some of the kindest, nicest, like most humble people mm. with some of the most fantastic, amazing skills like that, that mm. exists in this mm-hmm. industry. It this does. industry to some extent is known for that. However, there are also, <laughs> there are also individuals in this industry that have this like very like kiss the ring mindset. And I'm not saying that Mike was one of those. I've never actually met Mike, but I do know that that exists. I have interacted with some of these people. Some of these people have reacted a certain way when I didn't kiss the ring. And it was very bizarre to me. And again, this is because I'm acting I'm like, I don't have to kiss your ring. Like, what, what do you like? I'm not an industry person. Like, what do you why are you treating like what is like and how dare I'm you? I'm just a guy that I'm just a guy that likes to smoke a pipe with a microphone. You know, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your customers, man. Like, what what is this? Like, so that that is is always very bizarre to me. And it, it's so jarring because it is not the norm. But yeah. I think because yeah. it's not the norm, you have a lot of these kind folks, a lot of these good folks. And then you get these kiss the ring folks. And because they throw their weight around so much, it puts a lot of people in a very awkward position when you do something, when though, when, when kind of the kiss the ring folks screw up or when do something damaging yeah. to the industry, because mm-hmm. I can tell you, we're about to talk about how McClellan came to an end and we're going to go into kind of some of the details here, but I can tell you this. There are a lot of people in the industry hmm. that want to speak up about how hurt they are with the way that McClellan left, yeah. but still will not because of that kiss the ringness. And I'm not going to get on to anybody for not speaking out. That's fine. We have we, we actually I've talked to folks, John David, who actually said they wanted to come on when we did this episode. They wanted to come on if we modulated their voice like that's <laughs> so, where it's someone at. actually told you that someone actually told me that. And again, wow. I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, yeah, that no, that, it's it's funny. Like, it, yeah, and, and again, we're talking about pipe smoking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> we're talking about pipe. And, and so I, I'm hoping that people can, you know. But it's as, livelihood. As, From an industry well, standpoint, this is people's livelihood. No, like, it, it is my, it's my life. Exactly. Someone exactly. That, and, and so I think, you know, as, as you Country Squire radio listener are, are listening in and kind of getting a flavor of this conversation, like we, um, 
you know, you, you probably have a sense now of why it took us three years to get here, right? McClelland uh, shut its doors, of course, in early 2018. Uh, it was incredibly sudden. The industry had no, uh, you know, forewarning of this at all. And, um, and, and, you know, so we've, we've it, it, just because of that, we were all kind of in shock. And now, you know, here three years later, we, we, Bo and I are, you know, gently around the edges, lo- taking a look at this scab being like, can we, can we pick at it yet? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been wanting to pick at it for quite some You've time. You've been <laughs> chomping at the bit, sir. <laughs> I mean, you hear, you hear, I've, I've just heard too many frustrate, yeah. like, like, and yeah. from a couple of different angles, to be honest, like there's, there's a very easy way to kind of point out like, Hey, this wasn't handled well. And there's some that are a little bit more uh, accusational. And so I want to be careful about going into those. Let's just talk about the facts first off, right? Yeah. I think that's a great place to to start as we should. Absolutely. So, so, you know, uh, uh, Russ, you, you mentioned you were in town, you got a sense that John David knew, knew that the end was nigh. Uh, And John David, you you kind of pushed back a little bit on that and said like, well, that might not be true. So unpack that. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's good and and right to do. Um, yeah, so it, it, we were at the end of 2017. Um, it, you know, I I was a new business owner at this point, and the Country Squire Radio. Let's see, you and I both at that point had been recording for uh, probably four years, I think, and so. Um, you know, it kind of, you know, we'd, you know, been around a little bit and folks uh, had found us and we were kind of, uh, you know, collecting some, some pipe smokers together and, 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 you know, really blessed to be a part of, uh, you know, folks, uh, you know, getting together in the community and that type of thing. And so, um, you know, that, that kind of gives you a flavor of, uh, where we were at at the time, you know, I was trying to get this, uh, you know, really old tobacconist kind of back on its feet after, uh, years of, um, you know, stagnation and, um, you know, Russ having been from Jackson, you know, good, good friend of the show, early listener and, um, you know, someone that, um, you know, had supported us uh, for a very long time there. And, um, and, and, you know, from a daily, uh, weekly standpoint, the country squire, we, uh, we blend pipe tobacco. That's what we do. That's how we pay the bills. We um, we are a um, a fifty year old pipe shop, and uh, we sell cigars. We're proud of that. We sell some really good cigars, but um, you know, we when you walk in our shop, our um, our our tobacco blends and really fancy pipes are front and center, and that's our identity, and we are proud of that. And so, um, you know, for years we sourced uh, bulk tobacco. Uh, we use we use uh, whole leaf, and then we also use leaf that has been uh, pre-processed. And actually, that's probably the the majority of what we use. But um, the the pre-processed leaf that you know we we source that from a lot of different places. We use some of the bless the best blending houses in the world, and and one of those, of course, and and one of my certainly one of my favorites, which I'll share some uh, some McClellan favorites later, which I, I dearly miss. But um, you know, one of one of my favorite places to go to for high quality leaf was McClelland. And, and it was so precious because when you called McClelland to make an order, um, the, the, the person who picked up the phone, the actual person that picked up the phone and grabbed a notepad to take your order was Mary McNeil. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this precious little lady, you know, would she actually reminds me a lot of Gwen Reeves, the lady who hired me, the Southern Belle, who uh, was just this genteel, intelligent, uh, you know, sophisticated woman that had a lot of uh, knowledge, but also was very strong and, uh, you know, just really, really interesting person. Mary is, Mary's like that, you know, and, and she would be the one to pick up the phone. And, um, 
you know, we kind of go over what was going on in the industry and what was happening at our, at our shop and in the factory. And, uh, you know, I'd beg her to come take a tour and she'd shoot me down like she always did and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> um, it, and, you know, it, it was, it was just this nice uh, thing. And then you'd order your bulk tobacco and, uh, or, and your tin tobacco, we'd, you know, talk to her and say, well, I need this many cans of frog Morton and this many can, Oh, it's Christmas time. Well, let's pick up some Christmas cheer and you've got that much left. Okay. We'll send me this much of it and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so it, it was towards the end of 2017. And, uh, and so I, I called Mary as I was want to do, you know, once every uh, couple of weeks and, um, and she was out of stock in, uh, two or three, uh, of their bulk, uh, tobaccos that we used very, very regularly. And, uh, you know, small shop like the country squire, we very much over our history have been, um, I, I hesitate to use the phrase hand to mouth, but in some sense that is kind of what it is. You know, we keep a very thin stock, uh, of certain things, knowing that we're just going to be reordering it on a regular basis. If you've been in retail, you know that it's it's much less about profit and loss as it is cash flow. <laughs> so so you don't you don't order, you know, in if you're a small shop, you're not ordering enough that you're going to sell over the next year and a half. You're ordering maybe the next three weeks worth or the next month's worth, or maybe in some cases the next two weeks worth or whatever it is. And so um, and so that was the case for us at the time in a lot of different uh, different products that we sold and and uh, and tobacco leaves that we used and um, and at, at McClelland you know they they always had their stuff and it just it was never fail it was one of those things that you you never were told over the phone that they were out of stock on a uh, on a bulk tobacco product and um, and 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 that happened on a uh, random phone call I think it was December 2017 and I. It it shook me. It it really shook me. And I, you know, we had some discussions with um, uh, Mary at the time, and uh, and you know, was were given the uh, g- given the impression that they were having trouble finding quality leaf to make their tobaccos. Um, but that they and and this is this is a, a very clear but that we received from them but that they weren't looking to go away. And, um, and, and that was, that was uh, unsettling, but also we were reassured at the, in this exact moment that, okay, well, you know, y'all are, you're, you're looking to source them, but you're not, you know, looking to, uh, to leave the business or, or anything like that. You're not shutting down or you're not getting rid of these blends. You're just, uh, it, maybe it's taking you a little, a little longer to find what you need kind of thing. And so, all right. So let's, let's um, pause here real quick though, yeah, because that, I think, that, that is the setting the stage for, um, you know, Russ, uh, you know, calling me to get some 5,100. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I've got it now and I, I, I think we'll be able to get it in the, in the future. Uh, but, um, but you know, the, the, you know, supply of it right now, our ability to get it right now readily, just as much as we want is not what it is. So yeah, Russ, he's a good friend. And I know he, you know, smokes, it depends on this tobacco a lot. And I'll, I'll send you a couple pounds. I think, you know, maybe in a month or so I can send you some more even because we'll get more from, from McClelland. And that, um, that second shipment never, uh, never came. All right. But so like, all right, so Russ, I, w- I kind of want to toss this to you now because what John David said is absolutely true. And we got, and I remember at the time there was a lot of folks much like yourself for us, that we're starting to kind of read the tea leaves or in this case, the tobacco leaves. We're starting to read the tobacco leaves <laughs> and see kind of the, that things seemed like they were going in a certain kind of direction. I mean, what was the status at that point of the consumer community, the forums, the, the kind of the online pipe clubs, Facebook groups, 
what would what would how would you say that conversation around where McClellan was was going there? Well, I you know I don't I don't keep up with those probably like I should, but I do know that on January eighth, uh, Steve Fallon posted something that basically said fifty one hundred was discontinued. Yeah, and I I had a heart attack and they took me to the hospital, <laughs> all those things. <laughs> And I remember just going, you know, how could this be? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought to myself at that time, if you don't have 5,100, then you don't have a company. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, that, that tobacco at the time, it had been in, in production for 35 years. It was literally in everything all across the world. I mean, I don't know how many blends and brick and mortar stores, you know, yeah. used and, and I mean, and, and all the other things that John David talked about. So, um, so that was and, and if they didn't have that, I didn't really care. I, I was done with them. <laughs> and uh, which isn't totally true. I love all of their Virginia ribbons and most all of their flakes, but I was, I was really surprised. And the, and the story was that Mike had made a batch of 5,100. They tasted it and said it wasn't right. And they threw it away. And I mean, that, that just went viral. <laughs> yeah. So, right. It, right. Right. It right. did. That was the, that was the story. Um, you know, going around at the time. And, and I think what was so, uh, so, and, and that was the early kind of entree into this, right. As a retailer, we were getting some, you know, early warning signs. We were like, well, you know, all of a sudden it's hard to get some of our uh, ingredient tobaccos from McClelland. And, um, oh, well, you, you think you might be out of that? Well, you know, Mary's saying it might be another month. We're looking really hard for this leaf, but we're not able to source it and this kind of thing. And I don't know what's going on at the factory. They won't let me in the factory. And I've never been to, you know, where they're, you know, letting the, getting their leaves at from the Carolinas and all this kind of stuff. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of taking their word for it. It's like, well, okay, it's, it sounds like they're trying to get, you know, things together and are committed to this, but, um, but, you know, we're out of stock right now. And so uh, we were discouraged, but also encouraged that, okay, well, this is a stable, uh, you know, a real true pillar of the tobacco industry, uh, the pipe industry, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out, they'll work it out. And, um, and, and that, that didn't, um, didn't happen. It didn't happen. But at the time, yeah. You know, from a from a show standpoint, we were getting emails, we were getting comments. People were wanting to know what was going on, and I remember very specifically because I would I would ask you, and and you would share basically exactly what you were told mm-hmm. uh, from from the company. Uh, and then when it turned out to be the case that they were in fact shutting down their doors, uh, the backlash. I'm sure they got backlash. The backlash that we got was extremely harsh, kind of out of nowhere, and. I yeah. say that because, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're a pretty laid back show. We're not exactly one yeah, present yeah. episode, notwithstanding. We typically don't like dive into controversy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just for the most part, not something that we do. And we yeah. had to do some work of explaining, look, we we're not journalists. Like we're not yeah. going to get the big scoop or anything of that nature. That was not the case. Yeah. And if we knew, you know, something we would have told you. And honestly, to be mm-hmm. I, I think to put to be quite frank. If if they had asked us not to talk about it, then we probably wouldn't have talked about it, would be my guess. Yeah. At least on the show, just because yeah. we want to be courteous to like, OK, you're, you're working out stuff. But we wouldn't. But we also wouldn't come on and be like, everything's fine, which to some extent we were sharing the same message that they shared with us, which was everything was fine. And yeah. so afterwards, people contacted us you know, like you, you lied to us. You, you you sat here and said everything was fine and you yeah. knew it wasn't. And the th- fact of the matter is we didn't know. We, didn't. we knew what you knew. Yeah, we didn't. It, Nobody it, that, in the like. Go ahead, Don. I, I think that was what was really 
really painful uh, about the experience. And I, and I hope the first part of our conversation has, has given, you know, you, the listener, a, a good understanding of the reverence that I have for Mike and Mary and McClelland and what they've done and what, what they've contributed to the tobacco industry, um, you know, and, and certainly to the pipe world. Um, it, it was just, it was so, um, it, it was so shocking at the time when, um, you know, we're hearing, number one, there's no, uh, no, uh, you know, forewarning about this at all. And, and, you know, it's not just them, it, it is, it is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tobacconists around the country that are, you know, depending on this leaf day in and day out in order to, uh, you know, make their, uh, it's a component their, product. It, it's a it's component like it, product. And, yeah. uh, and we can get the leaf from other sources and we've pivoted and we have pivoted and we've, you know, reblended things and we've retired blends and come out with new blends and all this other stuff. But, you know, we used a lot of McClellan because we, 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 we believed in their blends. We thought they were some of the best. We were, we, you know, believed in their component ingredients, uh, thought they were some of the best and, and frankly trusted them. And, um, and, and, and that was shaken in, in 2017 at the very end of the year when, you know, we couldn't, um, couldn't order anything and, and that's fine. That happens all the time. There are, you know, places that run out of things here and there and, and that's part of, uh, being in, in any type of business. But, um, I think what was most, um, hurtful about it was when we were assured over and over that they were doing everything they could in order to, to resolve the problem. And then it came out about three months later that they knew a year ago that they were going to close down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and and I think that, I I think that, that, that's what, what really hurt. Um, And so, you know, and again, I think Bo, you mentioned we are not, we've never seen ourselves as journalist folks. You know, we've got certainly other friends in the uh, pipe world that do media stuff that are, um, you know, more kind of more along those lines, I guess. Bo and I, we come on here and uh, have campy conversations and enjoy, uh, you know, talking about our hobbies and, you know, the passion we have about pipes and this kind of stuff. But, you know, we've never really seen ourselves as investigative reporters or anything like that. And so, you know, I, I was quick at the moment. These are folks that I trusted. We depended on them and uh, and and our shop had used their products and, and proudly sold them for years. And so, you know, I was quick to to take their words and reassure the public yeah, about that. yeah. I was I was quick to reassure the public about about you know this brand that we all really loved. And um, and, and frankly, Russ, if I, if I thought I wouldn't get any more 5,100, I, um, I, I wouldn't have sent you that much. You it. I know, I, I would I mean, have, would be a little fatter. I would have, I would have proudly blended, uh, man, so many great blends that we had at the time with it. And, uh, and then, yeah, I sat on a, a whole pile of it and probably bathed in it Scrooge McDuck style, but <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was painful. It, it was I'm smoking it, was really, it right now, by the way. And, and you <laughs> should it, you should I, i've got some 5100 back at the shop and um man i'm just you know it, it's it's it, it's hard to let go of this stuff because mm-hmm. it's so good you know and everything they've done at mcclellan was uh was so um was so overwhelmingly tasty and and sophisticated and all this stuff but um but the way um the way those few months there at the end of 2017 and early 2018 the way the way those months went down, that was, that was really painful. And, and, and it, and it hurt, um, it, it, it hurt a lot of people in, in the pipe industry. Of course, we came out, uh, we came out later and, and learned that, you know, they had kind of, 
uh, had been planning on, even though they were, you know, telling us this stuff, they'd been planning on retiring for, um, you know, for at least a year. And, um, you know, and that, that we had sources within their factory and all that kind of, and again, we're not journalists, so it's not something I, I never felt like this was, you know, for me to go report or anything, but, you know, we had sources inside the factory saying, no, there's plenty of leave. Everything's fine. They just kind of wanted to retire for, you know, quite a while. And they, you know, regulations are now starting to pop up and they're like, well, we're kind of done fooling with it. And, um, you know, in this type of thing. And, um, and so, I, you know, as a, as a retailer, okay, now, now, now think about it. Here I am a young uh, tobacconist who, uh, you know, at the time I'm what, early thirties and, you know, uh, uh, don't quite, haven't even met my wife yet at this point, I guess. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, they're, they're saying this, this company that we all have revered and looked to for, um, you know, not just the best products on earth, but a lot of expertise and wisdom, you know, what, what they're saying that, you know, they're retiring because they're, you know, they're tired and the, the industry is becoming more difficult. And I understand that. And it, you know, I'd, I'd kind of want to get out too, frankly, you know, if it, if I was, you know, used to it being so easy for decades and now it's getting harder and I don't want to fool with that and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, here I am a, a young tobacconist who had just bought a historic shop with, you know, other people's money <laughs> and taking a big risk and all this. And I, I have this deep love and, and, and care for the pipe community and what it's done for me and what, how my life is different because of it, how the Lord has used it to, to, you know, impart um, just a lot of beauty in my life uh, and a lot of healing in some ways. It's just really something. And, um, and, and then, you know, the, this very revered source within the industry is all of a sudden saying, well, we're, you know, th what they're, what they're actually telling people is that we're getting out of this because everything sucks now. We're yeah. getting out of the business because all the product is crap now. Yeah. So actually, I wanted to throw this one to Russ. So Man, Russ, that, that can, hurt. Yeah. Talk about that, that messaging going out, especially from a consumer standpoint. How, how did you, do you, do you recall the specific, um, wordage that was used and, and kind of like how you were seeing oh. that? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it, it was, um, you know, like I want to say February 27th is when the news hit, but the official closing letter came out the next day yeah. and we all read it. And, uh, basically it, it gave four talking points. It said basically, essentially their time honored labor intensive processes at the farm are disappearing. So now, you know, they used to go through and do three cuts where you would cut the bottom, cut the middle, mm -hmm. cut the top, and you would mm -hmm. get grades. And and Mike kept on saying, you know, that everything's gradeless now. It's just all the same, mm -hmm. you, you know. And and we we all agree that they're grades of tobacco. And and I think with everything that happened with the USDA and them doing the farmer buyout, oh, and man, all that yeah. mess is is a huge disaster for for pipe tobacco. So those things are, those things are true. Are and, true. And, yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, they used to age all their tobacco in North Carolina, do the summer sweats. And, and so what makes McClellan so interesting and, and people that smoke Virginia know that Virginia can be extremely harsh, but if you let it sit like they did have super high sugar content, uh, leaf and you let it sit for a long period of time, summer after summer, and it, it mellows down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how they were able to get 24, nearly 24% sugar content leave. You just can't get it these days. I mean, even yeah. if you go and buy Carolina red flake, which I think is some of the best red Virginia out there from C and D it's only 10% according to the label. 
And uh, but and, and it's also a, it's, it's kind of a, a mystery, too, because bright leaf is what has all the sugar, not mm-hmm. red. So how do you get 24% red and orange? I mean, it's yeah. amazing. And it really, so they, they had access to some unicorns there, I think, but then, you know, they, they come out with a third statement basically saying, you know, the supportive infrastructure from the government, the, what they used to provide is just no longer there. And, and those things are true. And, uh, but the thing that hit me as a consumer, the hardest was when they said that, eh, we might've lipped along you know, with some inferior leaf for a time, but we would have been yeah. ashamed of the product. And so yeah. when I thought that, I was like, that well, hurt. it's, yeah, it really, it, it, it does. It hurts. And uh, yeah. I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I feel just propelled to, <laughs> you know, to echo this and, 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 and emphasize it. I mean, so, you know that this is this, these are a group of people that are highly respected that we look to for leadership within our industry and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know that have benefited the industry greatly, um, and are, are guardians and caretakers of some of the most uh, you know venerated uh, you know tobacco creations in uh, in in pipedom, uh, literally. And, um, and and you know what they're saying now is well. You know, we've we've got good authority that they've got plenty of stock in the back, and you know, there's you know plenty of leaf and and all that kind of stuff. But but what they're what they're saying is, well, there's just everything's just junk now. And so, it, within a two week period, a two week period, okay, this letter comes out, and every and I want you to hear this clearly, every other tobacco blender in the world felt thrown under the bus. There it is. Everyone. Yep. I, I, I want that to land because, because they're number one, all these government regulations that came out, um, those didn't come out in 2016. Those didn't come out in 2018. They were, you know, this this is all a lot of the stuff that, you know, that they were complaining about. This is stuff that, you know, had been they'd been dealing with since the 90s, you know, um, or, or the 2000, 2000s or early, early 2010s. This wasn't like, oh, well, okay, it you know, it got really, really bad in 2017. And so we're just, you know, we're just shutting the door. You know, a lot of this stuff was stuff that had, um, you know, they, they dealt with for a while. So is it, was it good? Is it stuff that, you know, we'd like to uh, deal with? Um, it, no, but you know, this is not, this is old hat, you know, it's something, okay, well, it's not the good old days, but you know, we're used to it and folks are getting along and, you know, pipe blenders are, are making some good stuff and we're, you know, cranking it out and, and all this. And, um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, that, that I, I don't really take that as a, um, you know, we we're shut, we're not selling this company, we're shutting it down. Um, you know, it, but not because, you know, it, again, we're tired of dealing with the regulations and all this kind of stuff. That's the answer that that's the, that's the answer. That's where it was. But, but what got thrown under the bus was the quality of what was out there. And, and and every other blender in literally the world, all of a sudden was like, huh, you know. So it 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 was it was painful, and and a lot of folks, again, me included, you know, when you when you smoke McClellan tobaccos, okay, what you're what you're smoking, what you're tasting, it is the quality of a leaf, but it's also a very this. Hear me now, hear me pipe smoker. <laughs> it's the quality of a leaf, but it's also a very specific 
process that they put that leaf through to achieve that flavor. Okay. Every tobacco manufacturer out there is using some type of proprietary process uh, in order to achieve the flavor that you're tasting. And if you think you're tasting a leaf that was harvested, dried out, shredded, and then sent to you in a can to put in your pipe, boy, I've got news for you. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's not that McClellan that I, I'm, they use the best stuff, but it's not. The, and 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 there were some instances where they had access to some of the best stuff. Uh, particularly Christmas cheer. I mean, Mike was able to go, you know, forge these relationships with these small batch farmers and they'd, you know, say, well, you know, he, hey, we think this, this acre over here is really good. That acre over there, not so much, but there maybe half of it. And Mike would be like, well, okay, give me this one and give me, give me half of that one. You know, we'll, we'll do something with that. And he'd sit on that tobacco for years and it was magic, you know, just really, really uh, precious um, and, and, you know, labor intensive, the amount of care that went into developing that, um, you know, but but overall, a lot of the component leaves that were coming in and out, um, you know, th- this is not this is stuff that everyone has access to. You know, a lot of the a lot of the different tobacco makers have access to. And so um, it's it's their process that was proprietary that, um, you know, that was not uh, not being duplicated by other tobacco blenders and mm. and that so so much of what you're tasting when you think about those old mcclellan blends and how good they were and they were so good doggone it <laughs> it's like i said earlier why can't i make something as good as aurora you know um it, you know so much of what you're tasting is that mcclelland uh process that tang that that they had and um that that other blenders choose not to do but could if they if they you know were able to piece together the secret formula that they had they had produced yeah and, um and, yeah, and, yeah. and so you know I, I want i want that to be clear um in in that man there the the hurt that happened i think when folks heard the statement there's just not good leaf out there anymore um that that's wrong that is, that is wrong and and we I, I mean i've heard people just say it flatly man it's a lie it's it's, it's just, a lie it's just wrong. it was a lie then and it's a and, lie now yeah i mean it, it look it, is this you know the 1950s where there's just fields of you know tobacco and man you got this you know these skilled people going up and down you know picking the leaves once a day uh you know checking the you know the ripeness of each plant and all this kind of stuff no it's it's not that but you know is the is 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 it different now you know it, it i mean things things have changed but i'm i'm telling you it's not that there is good leaf out there and we see it used every single day by some of the leading tobacco companies in the world that may have a different taste than mcclelland but very much have a uh a similar quality product of mcclelland and um and and to me that's clear and so i i just want to i just i need i need to communicate that <laughs> you know there there is a difference between being Ooh, that was hard <laughs> no 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 i'm glad you did i'm glad you said it exactly the way i need a cigarette now can someone give me a cigarette <laughs> no no we don't we don't condone cigarettes on the show get get you pack repack your pipe listen listen like there is a difference because don't mm. misunderstand there's a difference between being kind of a chromogen sitting on your porch with some buddies and saying it ain't as good as it used to be yeah. And there's another difference when you are one of the most influential vo- voices in an industry that you are actively like propping up 
to some extent because you are producing such a critical component or what has been such a critical component. Yeah, certainly for your brick and mortar, certainly for your brick and mortar. For the um, brick and mortar stores out there. And here's the thing, not even in a silent way. It's what like if you're going to act like the Godfather, if you're going to act like, hey, you know, this this is my this is my town. Like, and then you're going to like light it on fire as you go out the door. And then by the way, you don't actually go out the door and you still hang out in the ashes. Mm. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, man. Look, I don't know, Mike, I may, may never meet Mike. Uh, I probably won't now, <laughs> I probably won't now. <laughs> but I have, listen, I've let, I've met loyalists to him. Actually, I'll, I'll share this with you, Ben. I was, I was at an event and I guess I won't mention where, and there was somebody who actually worked in tobacco publication back in the day, but very much predated us and is very much yeah. in his camp. And this man said some stuff about uh, McClellan and the way McClellan exited that I was like, that's, that's not true. That's not true. That's, that's actually not true. And I've, I've talked to various other tobacconists who are still out here and we got into a back and forth on it. And from, and it's, it's so interesting, John David, because at this event, I told Russ about this before, but all of the people that were there smoking their pipes, everybody was chatting kind of like spread out. Everybody mm-hmm. stopped and started gathering around us. And it was like a fight in the schoolyard. And don't get me wrong. We weren't, I was very <laughs> reverent and respectful. Like I, you know, don't, I was not trying to be disrespectful, especially this was an elder statesman who had a ton of knowledge and industry experience and that sort of thing. And so I was not yeah. trying to be disrespectful, but yeah. I also wasn't going to like just go along to get along when he was saying something that I, that I believed strongly was, was not true. Incorrect. Yeah. 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 But the thing is I had to catch myself, John David, I had to catch myself in that because I looked around and I realized that we had become a spectacle for everybody there. And it gave me pause because I recognized the fact that I wasn't just a man standing up for something I thought was true. I had a voice in this industry and in this community. And honestly, I kind of put the conversation on pause because I did not want to disrespect this man in front of like, first of all, I didn't want to show him any disrespect one way or the other, but I also wasn't trying to put on a spectacle for other people either. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and, and again, we've talked about that interaction that you had with this gentleman. And that's right. We have mentioned it before, but the the fact of the matter is though, like I understood in that moment, like, that's right. I'm not just some guy having a conversation. My voice, regardless of whether or not how much I want it to at this moment, it carries weight in this space. You have to have that self-awareness. If I'm going to come on here and I'm going to be part of Country Squire Radio and, you know, we're going to be part of this kind of larger community, you know, that we... Listen, and I'm not going around asking anybody to kiss my ring or anything like that. I'm always shocked whenever I meet you know, Gosh, you know what I mean? It's like, the last thing I want. I don't want anyone kissing my hands. Yeah, yeah, there is no gatekeeping here at Country Squire Radio. But my point is, but at the same time, I recognize the fact that that we carry weight in what we said. Mike and and McClelland as an as a as a as a company carried yeah. enormous weight and and should not have been shocked by it. It certainly and, and Mike specifically, from what I understand, but McClellan did not carry itself in such a way that it did not recognize the mm-hmm. importance, the value and the influence that it had. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, that's that, what's so frustrating. Okay. That last statement there kind of, I, I was, I was trying to figure out where on earth you were going. <laughs> and that last statement there, I think brings, that's brings it. it home is that's that, it. Is, is that you do, you know, you do have to, uh, if, if you're carrying that much weight, um, recognize that, okay, well, well, people, People, people's livelihoods in some sense are, are in a very real sense, frankly, are depending on you. And so, um, you know, just be aware of the, um, of the gravity of it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, um, that was what was so shocking is that it, it, it wasn't, you know, what we were hearing wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was, 
it was almost like it was designed to try to, um, you know, make themselves kind of feel better about getting out uh, rather than just saying, you know, we're just kind of tired and, and just want to just want to go home, you know, and that's yeah. that's great. I think after going through that experience with, you know, with the folks at McClelland and, and, and then us, as Bo and I mentioned earlier, you know, we're just we're not we never have seen ourselves as reporters and all that kind of stuff. And, and all of a sudden I realized after, you know, people started really, you know, getting on us or like, man, you're lying to us and all this kind of stuff. You're, you know, you're, you know, the truth, you knew the truth, but you told us one thing and then a, a different thing happened. And when, when really in reality, I was just sitting there parroting what I was hearing every week from Mary McNeil, uh, that, they, that she was literally telling me over the phone about the, you know, the future of their company and the, um, you know, availability, future availability of their products. Um, it's at that moment that I, I realized my own responsibility as someone within the pipe community and that I wasn't just going to be mm. a, mm. I wasn't wow. going to be a mouthpiece anymore for these companies just because I liked what they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, 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 lear I learned a real lesson there because, because I wanted to communicate uh, hey, these are people I love. These are products I love. Like, man, hey, what can I tell the what can I tell the community to, you know, help you out and and uh, you know help your business, help my business, and and support the community and make sure everyone's you know is you know fears are assuaged and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I'm getting this information from them, and I'm I'm diligently coming back over here to Country Squire Radio and sharing it week in and week out with our you know thousands of listeners, literally all over the world every week, and um, and 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 then you know, and, and then that happens to not be the case. And so I, you know, what I'm being told is not, it doesn't square up with the, with the facts about what actually happened. And so, um, you know, it's at that moment, I think that I learned my own lesson about not being anyone's, you know, not toting the water for anybody. Right. Because yeah. we kind of did, we kind of, we kind of did, we got, you know, it was like, well, we were the ones that, you know, were um, the bad guys and all this. And, <laughs> right. um, and, and man, it, it was, um, that was, that was really painful. <laughs> it was difficult. <laughs> it's just really, yeah. really painful yeah. as someone who's incredibly codependent, who wants everybody to like <laughs> well, that was, that was really, really painful. I know so, this very episode has given you, yeah. given you a heart attack I already know. Cause of course, man, you've been yeah. very, you've been very yeah. honest. You've been very raw. I really appreciate that. I, yeah. I, man, I, I realize maybe I'm, maybe I'm, <laughs> Come, come across pretty harsh, but a lot of this has been pent up and hearing multiple stories from various people across the industry in different roles from smaller town shops to yeah. bigger name blenders to, and, to some of the, uh, to some of the biggest tobacco manufacturer pipe manufacturers and most respected manufacturers in the world. And after kind of <laughs> sucking yeah. up all that feedback and kind of yeah. hearing kind of these, uh -huh. these mixed stories. And so, so if I come across harsh, that's part of where that's coming from. But I tell you, yeah. Russ, man, I, I know I'm going after your splash mountain buddy. So, I mean, like, like, you know, <laughs> jump, jump in here, man. Yeah. So, um, well, well, was it Splash all, Mountain or was it which, which ride was it? On? No, we 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 mainly spent time on Main Street talking, okay. just sitting there. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I got to stand up for Mike a little bit here because he means, go ahead. he um he's brutally honest, and and I I agree that they could have just come out and said, "Hey, we want to retire." They were in their they they were at retirement age, and that would have been perfectly acceptable and understandable. And, and I, I, so I agree with, with that part. Um, 
but but how do you move forward from here? I think is 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 one of the mm. one of the real things. And I don't think Mike is lying. I, I don't know. I <clears throat> I think he believes all the good leaf is gone, even though we know that that's not true. <laughs> and I um I want I want to believe that because I don't. I, after spending time with you him, you want to believe that he believes that is what you mean. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, after spending time with him, I don't, I see him as a brutally honest individual. And I, I, I think what he thinks is what he believes. And uh, so nothing against the, his character. I, um, I really like him as a person, uh, but, but let's back up. And, and so to me, the evidence is really clear that until somebody comes out with a product that matches what McClellan's was able to do, you have to admit that the leaf in the style that it was presented to us is gone. So that needs to change. We need to figure out what they were doing. Somebody needs to do this. And it can, and it, 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 it can. Well, we will. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, um, man, because I, I the have, leaf that is no, available no, no, now Russ, is, is, is not different from the leaf that was available 10 years ago. Right. I mean, and Russ, you've actually worked to, to some extent to try to reverse engineer the process. Is that fair, a fair statement? <laughs> well, a little bit. So, <laughs> so everybody believes that they put vinegar in the stuff. And I actually got to sit down and say, Hey, look, what in the heck are you putting in the cans? And we had a long talk about it. And I was like, you know, what's your favorite blend? And he, he talked about how he loved Christmas cheer and how he loved 2010. And he mm. wished that they had put it in, in giant, you know, pound containers. Yeah. They should attend that. Yeah. But he basically told me that what he's doing is taking super high sugar leaf, putting it in a tin and not filling it all the way up and letting it ferment. Mm -hmm. So everybody believes that he put vinegar on it. So I asked him that point blank and he's like, he's like, hey, you should put vinegar on pipe tobacco, you know, and kind of see what it does. So I have tried that. I've tried pressing it. I've tried it through osmosis. I've tried misting it. <laughs> and what you end up with is vinegar on pipe tobacco and it's foul. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, you know, and, and so that's not what they were doing, but there was a process. Uh, I do think they had clearly two things in there. Uh, propylene glycol was one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's no doubt that the stuff is moist mm -hmm. 30 years later when I open it and, uh, and an antifungal because they've never had any, mm -hmm. any mold in any tin. And I've opened thousands of them. Never been an issue with McClellan. Never, never. never. Mm -mm. So, um, mm -mm. but you, but the, the, the thing what's heartbreaking to me is that when they pass, all of this knowledge is gone. And if, if you want to see what the tragedy really is to me, that's what it is because a whole pipe community loses when this goes away. That's right. Yeah. So, um, if you're going to be upset about something as a consumer on my side, and I, I understand where you're coming from in industry, but that's yeah. what I'm upset about. Yes. It the, doesn't the have to be that way. Yeah. So um, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. So that's the thing, right? Like, and this, this is where I feel like there is a path towards, and maybe redemption is, is too strong a word. Not because like, not where because, are we on the born identity thing that you, yes, uh, what, what? the born ultimatum, <laughs> this is the born ultimatum. All right. This is the, McClellan we've, gone ultimatum. Through, <laughs> we've gone through, I feel like these are the, the, the stages of depression or something. What is it? Uh, right. You go through to acceptance or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, there was the born supremacy. I forgot about that. You know what? This My, my entire born analogy is thrown out the window. It's just totally blown. Yeah. 
And that was the one where he was the sniper on the roof. Anyway, here's the thing. There is still time. Like the, the like what Russ is saying is exactly true because the products are are fantastic. They are extremely quality. I am a consumer. I I, I treasure uh, my tens of of Frogmorton and only bust them out for special occasions at this point. And they they are a really great quality product. And the reality is, and this is why I think this episode is so necessary, because the 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 sin needs to be acknowledged. Like the, the faults need to be acknowledged because there's time for correction. There's time to actually like for redemption from that standpoint, <laughs> this doesn't have to be the way that you leave the industry. I would argue that for some people, you know, uh, they, you know, obviously McClellan, there's, there's a huge fan base for them. There's a lot of, especially kind of older folks in the industry that, that still kind of, uh, you know, stand by kind of the, the, the company lines and everything else that they were putting out at the time. But the reality is, there's a lot of people in the industry, especially those that will be really dominating the industry and kind of currently are dominating the industry mm-hmm. that don't have that positive view about how things were left. But there is time. That process can be passed down, like choose a successor. It doesn't have to be anybody on this show. It doesn't have to be uh, Russ, although he's obviously in the lab. It doesn't have to be John David. I'm sure <laughs> he would like trade you one of his kids for the, for the process. But the point is... <laughs> Choose a successor who you like, who you trust, and yeah. and create a path forward, and and do some redemptive work here. Yeah, take so, take an apprentice or take uh, an you know, apprentice. So, yes. Yeah. So someone that can sell uh, the can, company, like like yeah. sell. Obviously, the company's gone, but sell sell the proprietary information. But I'm not saying like give it away. Like, look, I'm I'm a businessman. Make money. Get your money, bro. <laughs> like I'm 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 not yeah. you know. But at the same time, there it's it's this interesting facet of listen it's it's you know it's yours nobody's saying these ain't your toys but at the same time you know kicking sand in everybody's face while you're taking your toys to go go home and then like incinerate them like Mm. nobody's gonna look at that kid like like sure the kid can do it but nobody's gonna look at that kid positively and so there's a chance (laughs) there's still time to correct (laughs) the path and like you know come back strong like i would i would love a you know michael jordan-esque return right like we've got the greatest we got the goat in terms of of this this process and the products that can be created i would love to see a return that sets up a legacy for from a consumer side especially for the yeah. pipe smokers who enjoy those products for the yeah. for the folks that discover them especially early on that took them from that oh cool gandalf smokes a pipe i want right. to like sherlock oh cool to like wow this is what this can be because I that's know. the thing the caliber the quality the talent is all there. And so, yeah, Mike, and, and if, like, no, let me, let me just say this. I need to yeah, say this. Yeah, no, it's good. Mike, if you're listening and I, I don't know if you are, and you may have turned it off by now and you may have just written me off as, you know, whoever <laughs> don't, don't misunderstand. Like, you know, Hey, you love brutal honesty. Here's the thing. I love your products. I would love to see them continue. And I would love to see your name celebrated. Mm. And honestly, right now, what people are too afraid to tell you is that your name is not celebrated, not by anybody that's going to outlast you. So please, please correct your legacy. Like, like there is a path here. So look, I'm, I'm pulling for you. If I've ticked you off, then I'm sorry. But I haven't said anything that I didn't personally believe if we're going to use the, you know, that, that, that concept. It's, you know. Uh, I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> also, and let me just go ahead and say this. 
I speak for myself. Russ speaks for himself and John David speaks for him. So. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's, that's true. And I, and I do appreciate Bo, um, you know, feeling the, um, you know, the ability to take off the, the gloves a little bit. I mean, it, this is something that he has felt passionate about uh, for, for years now because of, um, you know, the, uh, events of, of, of early 2018. And of course I, I have strong emotions about it too. Um, you know, this is, this is all hard and difficult and, and just sad. I think like you said, Russ, because it's, um, it's something that future generations won't get to experience. You know, you crack open that tin of Aurora, that's not even their most, uh, you know, popular blend. It's sitting on the back of the shelf there. I mean, I even think of other ones like gray havens and, um, gosh, there was, uh, you know, some of their, um, aromatic ones what was the one that was uh named after the pen or whatever i can't remember all the master penman master penman they're all great you know they're every fantastic them, every freaking one of them you know and and it and it just it, it's frustrating because you know the the pipe smoker of today and of tomorrow uh you know won't get to um you know won't won't get to enjoy that and and, and appreciate it and it didn't have to be that way it it, it just it just didn't it just didn't have to be that way. And, um, and so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult for me as someone that looks up to, um, you know, the, the founder and then owners of, of this company. Um, it, it's difficult for me as someone who, uh, you know, would love to be these people when you grow up and all this kind of stuff, um, it, you know, and, and just worship their products and, you know, think they've hung the moon and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, um, and, and then to, and then to have that, uh, you know, happen how it did and, um, and, and not just, you know, affect your business, but affect your reputation, you know, because you went to bat for them kind of thing. Um, you know, that was, that was hard. So, um, man, Mike, um, you know, and, and, and Mary, uh, we appreciate, you know, McClelland and, um, and our, our gladder sellers are, are, uh, full of, of, of McClelland products and, uh, wish I sure had more and, um, man, wish I could get more in the future. Russ, any final thoughts before we uh, toss it? Man, it's uh, it's it's hard to put an end on that, but um, yeah, I mean, for for us as a pipe community, you know, trying to figure out how we can move forward from this. I think I've said that before, but that's really where you know I'd like my focus to be. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you know. And, I, and people have come to me and asked, "What what do I do?" You know, I've never experienced McClellan. What do I do? Should I go? <laughs> spend a ton of money and buy it. And my answer to them is no, don't start yeah. because it's, it's not something that will keep on, you know, every day there's less and less McClellan's tobacco and eventually it'll just go away. And, and, you know, and I think this happens to everybody, you know, we're, we're at this stage, you know, in, in time, there are guys that have lost their favorite blends. Hmm. That's something that happens. But to me, this is more than that. This is actually a very unique, very special process that's being lost. It's not just a single right, blend. Yeah. It's a whole spectrum of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it is, it is really heartbreaking and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this way. And uh, somehow we need to fix it right now. I don't see any path forward. I, my, I tell people basically go find something else. Yeah. And that is not what I want to tell them. But I myself, even though I have a large stockpile of this stuff, mm -hmm. I have gone and found other things. 
Yeah. They are out there. They are, man. They are. And, and they're, uh, they're, you know, so, some of the, I mean, just look at the delicious experiments and, you know, aggressive stuff that, you know, folks like Mac Barron are putting out on the market. I mean, just some of the most interesting, um, you know, tobacco combinations in the world, uh, you know, that, that is readily available and only growing, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and, and they're getting creative on how they're sourcing their products and, um, you know, and, and who they're working with and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, man, I mean, just, just think about the, the great stuff coming from people like Mac Barron coming from Sutliff, uh, coming from Cornell and Deal. You know, I mean, these are the, the, they, they may be, uh, you know, different from McClellan. Certainly they are. Uh, but, but you've got, uh, extremely high quality products of that caliber, um, all over the market that, uh, that, that are different, but, but are certainly as good in their own realm. And so, um, explore those, enjoy them. Um, and the pipe industry, uh, you know, people that have, are, are retiring may want you to think that, Oh, it's all gone and it's terrible and the 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 best days are behind it. And well, we're not gonna make this stuff anymore because we'd be ashamed and all this kind of stuff. But man, there is so much tobacco out there that you should not be ashamed to enjoy and smoke. And it would go toe-to-toe with tobacco from any decade of the last century. Mm. Um, and I'll I'll leave it at that. <laughs> man. Well, Russ, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you've got, uh, this is obviously a passionate uh, uh, topic for a lot of folks, but I know you in particular, um, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, I would wager of, of the McClellan fans out there, uh, they'd be hard pressed to find somebody who, who had the, the knowledge, had the experience with the, <laughs> with the folks behind the scenes and the, the, not just the stockpile, but the internal laboratory to, to do all the uh, uh, reverse engineering that, that uh, you've attempted. I, 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 I'd love to think that somewhere in your cellar, you also have a bunch of test tubes with um, various tobacco products that would somehow give people superpowers if uh, <laughs> they were struck by lightning or something like that. Oh, I wish that were true. But I, I do have a lot of blended things that some have been good and some have been failures. But I think anybody that blends or tries their hand at that knows it. I, um, I do want us to look to science. So even though, you know, the funniest thing is you hear like with the, all the good leaf is gone and you, and they want you to believe that, you know, the, uh, the hailstorm has to happen and the ground has to be the right temperature and the leaf and the great leaf appears. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, right. Uh, the great pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. it, but, and, and I know that, that those things are important. There's no doubt that there's some crops that are better than others because, you know, Mary herself said that they could go to these auctions, which no longer exist. I wish they mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. but they go to these auctions and they could have a raw bale of red sitting there totally unprocessed and they could smoke it in a clay and immediately tell if it's good or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it, so it, and, and the funny thing is, is they would say like on it, how much sugar it had, and it may have the right amount of sugar, but if it had like trace minerals or whatever, they couldn't mm-hmm. use it. Mm-hmm. They, it needed to taste a certain way. Well, what we need to do they need to show somebody else what that tastes like hmm. that needs to, if, if the ingredients really do matter, it's going to still happen at some point. It's going to, these things are going to be created. Or if we need to, as a pipe community, figure out how to make our own yeah. bread, 
we, we need we need to do this. And, yeah. uh, and and by the way, the tobacco auctions that that didn't end in 2015 or, or 20, certainly 28. That that was years ago that that ended. That, it's yes. not a new thing. Right. So I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it, it had been I, I forget exactly when it, when that started. But, you know, well, well, essentially, the pipe community had to pay for the USDA to buy out those farmers. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and that happened sure. over probably a 10 year period. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is out there. We, we just we have to figure it out. And, and the the other thing, the community, the community, it'll take a community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And what I, I recommend that everybody go out and read um, a, a, a Dr. John uh, Leffingwell's paper. Basically, he wrote he yeah he, he wrote a uh, a paper called "Chemical Constituents of Tobacco Leaf and Differences Among Tobacco Types." Now, who is John Leffingwell? He he's a he's a a, a taste specialist. Like uh, he worked for R.J. Reynolds back right out of college when he got his Ph.D. Unfortunately, he passed away in December of of twenty twenty. So just mm-hmm. recently. But he wrote this amazing paper and it talks about all the leaf that we love and why it tastes the way it does. Wow. Yeah. And the beautiful thing at the end of that, he has 50 some odd references. Some of those references are like production factors affecting chemical properties of flu cured leaf with the aging and processing. We need to read that paper. It's from 1975. <laughs> There's all these papers, and I've been collecting. What a them, wealth, right? man! What a wealth! Yeah. So when you when you have tobacco and it makes millions of dollars, people do science, and and this information is out there. It's not a great mystery, and we need to take that. We're a, I, pipe smokers are incredibly intelligent, and they can figure this out. And, and it would be nice if the McNeils would help us. And I love the McNeils. I, I just, you know, I, I know we've said some things on here that, that are contrary to that, but we all love them and we just wish that they would help us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, agreed. But the answer is going to be in science. I recommend that we, as a, a community start to educate ourselves on this and, uh, you know, become more open about it and let's not lose what they, let's recreate this somehow. And, and yeah. I don't know where it starts, if it starts small or if it starts at a big company. I, I always thought that Sykes would come in and make some deal with, with Mike, because when I was at Disney world, Mike yeah, offered Sy- to yeah. sell me. Sykes, speaking of Sykes Wolford, who owns uh, uh, law DC and smokingpipes.com and uh, you know, now Peterson and, and, and these other groups. Yeah. Right. So, and you know, when I was at Disney world, Mike, Mike basically said, he, he said, if, uh, if you want to, for $10 million, you can buy McClellan's. And I was taken aback. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. And I I think to to make that clear, I think Mary actually owns the company. So he may not have been able to sell it, (laughs) but you know, my, my, where I wanted to go with that is I said, Oh, you know, I'll find some investors. We'll buy this thing. And I'll let John David run it because I know that he could figure out how to, how to do it. And there's something there, all this stuff can't get lost. Can you imagine if like the, 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 all that, all those tobacco blends get lost. They get burned, thrown away. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. And someone's estate sale or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And so, Ooh, yeah. so I feel like we as a community, yeah, I, I don't know if this is possible, but all things are possible. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think yeah. we need to figure out how to, how to keep this alive. Yeah. Some and it can, so, 
and it yeah. can. Yeah. Well, man, this great is, discussion. Uh, great yeah. discussion. Yeah, it's really good. Really, it was powerful and uh, emotional for me. And golly, if you're if you're new to the pipe world and you don't know what a McClelland is, if it hits you in the face, this is like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, probably put, um, put a disclaimer on this one or man, something. Man, please, uh, please <laughs> know that uh, it's one of the best uh, tobacco companies, certainly uh, this side of the Atlantic, that that's ever existed and uh, has a has a dear place in our heart. And uh, because of uh, uh, you know, how events took place for the past several years evokes a lot of emotions to us, but, um, we miss it and, uh, and hope we hope we smoke some of it again. There you go. Well, obviously this was a very different episode of country squire radio. hope you've enjoyed the discussion. I know it's been, you know, a little tense at times, a little more emotional, not, not the normal country squire radio than what you're used to, but this is a topic that has a lot of passion behind it. And, uh, we know that, uh, you probably have some various thoughts as John David mentioned, if you're a new pipe smoker, you're probably scratching your head, uh, <laughs> as to what we're even talking about. But uh, for those of you that do want to share your thoughts on this, I mean, we welcome that feedback. Email us at show at countrysquireradio.com. Uh, we'd love to get, get your thoughts on this topic. And don't worry, next week we're going to be back to normal format, back to normal uh, fun times here at Country Squire Radio. Much, much more light. It should be, uh, should be a blast. So special thanks to Russ Hicks for joining us this week. And until next time, let's go have a day. See you, bud. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.